0: welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm your host, Evan Brand, and I've been working behind the scenes on my new project. It's called Health Blogger Pro. So you could check out healthbloggerpro.com. I get a lot of emails, almost more emails than about actual health questions. The questions are about how do you do what you do? How do you get a podcast going? How do you write ebooks? How do you interview other people? How do you reach out to other people? How do you get a hold of such and such? So healthbloggerpro.com is where you can sign up. This is gonna be a really cool site that you're gonna be hearing about more, but uh, I wanna help other people do the same thing because it's gonna take more than just myself and the other people out here to make some real change. All right, folks, welcome back to Not Just Paleo. I'm here with a shirtless man named Aaron Alexander. And uh, I'm actually shirtless, too, so if I were doing video, this would be kind of uh, fun or maybe interesting for, for men and women alike. But Aaron is out on the West Coast, and he does some pretty cool stuff. He's a certified rolfer which I thought was kind of interesting. I didn't even know that that was a possibility, but (laughs) (laughs) but he also has some other cool certifications and is up to a lot of cool things, helping people fix their bodies. So we're going to get into that right now. So Aaron, what is up and welcome.
1: Thanks so much for having me, man. I dig your show. So this is a radical experience for me to get to actually chat with you on it.
0: Awesome. How, How long were you listening before you, I guess, reached out to me?
1: I would say this is maybe like the five-month marker or so, so I've been taking notes, man. I'm, I'm studying up on you. I appreciate everything you're doing.
0: Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, so tell people about yourself. What, what are you up to on the West Coast? You got a pretty cool-looking website that is aligntherapy.com if people just want to check it out and kind of read about you.
1: Yeah. Um, Well, so I have a couple different things going on. I have my hands-on practice happening, which that ends up looking like kind of like a hybrid between physical therapy. And if you ever talk to a Rolfer or structural integrationists and you ever mention the word massage therapy, They'll cringe and end up kicking you out of the community. So I can't say I do any kind of massage therapy. But if you were to look at it from an outside perspective and you'd come in, in a, with a session with me working with somebody, at some point you'd probably say it's some kind of like, maybe it's like deep tissue massage. Sometimes I'm walking on people. Sometimes I'm doing organ manipulation. Sometimes I'm doing cranial sacral, working with cranial bones or working with sacrum, or working with the spine. Um, and then sometimes we're just talking, you know, a, a big thing. Is oftentimes, you know, if all you have in your toolbox is a hammer, then everything ends up looking like a nail, you know. And so when people end up coming in to see you, if you, if you know, do nutrition therapy or if you do whatever it is, they come in, it's like, oh, I got these issues happening. And immediately you say, boom, I got the panacea, you know, I got what you need. And it's not always what people need. And so what I've kind of been working to do with myself is expand a little bit beyond just you know doing rolfing or just doing structural integration or just doing movement re-education and really getting into i guess just being you know quiet enough to to really hear what people are saying you know and that's i think that's one of the most the biggest challenge for most people in the healthcare industry is just to shut the heck up you know it's like if you you can can say you
0: you can say hell yeah all
1: right cool i know know. you gotta you gotta shut the freak up you know you got you gotta just like When someone comes in to see you, maybe they just need somebody to talk to. You know, maybe they just need some human contact. Maybe they need, you know, it's a dietary thing. You know, maybe it's a body thing. It's usually all of it. And so what I do with that is is kind of I try to encompass a little bit of everything. But it ends up looking like hands-on body work with movement re-education and then guidance in self-care. So it's all, i say, every session with me is always a lesson. You know, it's not just I'm coming in, I'm working on you. It's always if you didn't understand exactly what we did here then I failed, you know, and you, we need to be communicating better.
0: Yeah, that's that great, sense? I mean, Yeah, a lot of people don't listen. I mean, myself, it's kind of weird, and I don't know if it's like internet business or what it is, but, I mean, I found myself becoming more introverted over the past few years. I used to be extremely extroverted, and now I'm realizing that things I thought I knew I don't really know, and yeah. it's kind of interesting. Like, the more I dig into this stuff, the more I realize I don't know anything, you know, so it's, uh, it's kind of interesting, and a lot of times— I do want to just or I used to just want to jump and say here's your problem and now usually you know when I do a, a consult with somebody it's an hour an hour and a half process that's exhausting for both them and myself because you have <laughs> to dig deep I mean you could go back to childhood you could go back to a car accident that caused whiplash and in your case you know threw off somebody's neck position or whatever so I mean it's it's really interesting how far you have to go back sometimes to really figure out what the route or where something began for people.
1: Sure, and then, and you know, along with that, you know, having, when we're having these discussions and we're talking for an hour and a half or whatever it is, it can be energetically draining. I don't want to sound woo-woo when I say energetically. I mean, we could say we could look at that from like, you know, whatever, a caloric expenditure perspective, or whatever energetic you want to look at it from. At the end, you might feel a little bit gassed from that. And the big part of that is how are you sitting if you are sitting? You know, maybe you don't need to be sitting for that time. You know, how are you what what's what's your food intake like that for that day? You know, what is your who are you talking to? Are you talking to an energetic vampire? You know, there's a lot of people out there. Out there, that are, there are they 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 suck. And I don't mean that. (laughs) I don't mean that in in, you know just like a like a bad way. Like oh, you suck. But like literally, there's certain people that they will pull more from you than you expect. You know, and so with that, it's like before going into any kind of session or any kind of conversation or any meeting or whatever it is it's making sure that you maintain your own degree of groundedness you know who you are you know what you have to offer and you're not you're not willing to kind of go beyond your means to appease somebody else you stay within your own grounded space you know and with that if your own grounded space can help somebody fantastic then we're in the right room and if it can't that's fine. They can change the station. You know, that's something that I've learned over, over the years no, as far as like, maintaining oh, that's great stuff.
0: Do. Yeah, man. And I don't think I've sent you a copy yet, but I'll send you one after this, uh, in stress solutions. You know, my second book, I have a whole part on energy vampires and how important it is. You have to <laughs> try to remove yourself from them as much as possible. And I mean, for me, man, um, you know, if you've been following the show, you know, I just moved back to Kentucky because I found that Austin as a city, as a You know, a big city was becoming an energy vampire as a whole, and uh, I've actually heard of a lot of people, and I've been kind of geeking out on Dr. Ben Lynch's website lately. He's talking about, like, gene mutations and stuff like that, and anyway, one of his biggest things for people is – to move like he 's talking mostly about toxins, you know, like how big is the energy company putting out toxins, you know how many cell phone tower i don't think he gets into cell phones, that would be more my realm, but you know how many wi fi places are around you, how many cell phone towers, and so he says, What is your zip code, and that 's like part of his you know, healing process is to ask people what their zip code is and then sometimes the best medicine is to move out of that zip code. I don't know where I'm going with that, but, you know, uh, yeah. but I can see it. it. But it's just it can get really deep, I guess, is the point. And on the note of energetic vampires, I want to move on to kind of talk about Rolfing a little bit because many people may have not heard it and I don't even exactly know how to define it. I just <laughs> I just picture like a little ball and you're rolling on it or something. But um maybe I'm completely off. But anyway if you are surrounded by an energetic vampire, do your best to get away. If it's a boss, if it's a coworker, then you need to do something to strengthen yourself and learn how to build up a positive energy field. And that's real stuff. That's definitely not woo woo. I mean, there's a lot of great stuff co- coming out of Heart Math about that, saying that basically your energetic field, you know, is sort of like it could go up to six, seven, eight feet. Who knows? beyond you that's why when you go into a room with somebody who's miserable you can feel their misery so I mean for you and I as healthcare practitioners and for other you know people out there that are doing the same thing you have to not necessarily put on a coat and hide yourself from that emotion but definitely you need to make sure that you're recharging your own batteries because you will get drained and you will burn out eventually
1: yeah, absolutely, man. And and you you do such a great job on on getting after all those different techniques that people can do actually actionable techniques that people can recharge their batteries. You know, there's been a whole bunch of great science that I'm not going to get into, but in relation to grounding, you know, in relation to just getting outside, you know, what is the air quality that you're surrounded by? You know, I, I you mentioned in one of your episodes how great you felt after just going to be around some water, being around a waterfall. You know, so look at what that does to the air quality. You know, we have to start looking at our our reality. As more than just. More than just.
0: What's that? It's two dimensional. We look at it two dimensional yes, because we're stuck exactly. on screens. It's a three dimensional, organic. You're on an organic spaceship.
1: Right, totally. You know, and so I like to look at my my whole reality, and this goes into my my whole body, and this goes into my whole you know external experience of you know what is the air quality of this room? Are there plants around here? You know, is this a place that I want to spend time? If you're in a place that there's not, there it is. Yeah, I can pull my plants out from all over. <laughs> you know, if you're if you're in a place that does not that life does not exist. You, it's probably not the place for you to be at. You know, we're, to, we're eating this food with antibiotics or we're getting all, you know, around all this stuff. That's The intention is to kill life. You know, we're putting antiseptic on our hands and we're rubbing ourselves with shampoo and all this stuff that's meant to kill life. <laughs> like, come on, man. Like, you're a living being, you know? So we, we have this idea that, you know, the life that this is intended to kill, somehow it misses our existence, you know, and it's like the manufacturers, they really don't care that much. If they're making millions of dollars, they're going to do everything they can to guard that product, even if it means potentially making people sick. You know, and that's, yeah, I, th- I really appreciate what you do with giving people actionable advice on how they can go out and start feeling well again. One of the big things that you touched on for a second there was the movement piece. If you don't move, you're dead. You know, like that, that's at a cellular level, everything in your whole entire body is oscillations of movement, right? And what we need to have for those oscillations to happen is we have to take over from the captain's ship here. We have to actually move ourselves, you know, having that contralateral movement, contralateral being a fancy word for walking, contra opposite side, lateral being side, you know, having that movement through our spine, through our hips, through our head, you know, through every cell in our body, permits the assimilation of all of these nutrients that we're taking in with, you know, with our, our, our daily food plan or whatever it is that we're paying our nutritionist for. You know, if we don't actually take the action of moving our body and turning our pump on, we will become a stagnant pool. You know, you look at a waterfall or you look at a, a pond without a waterfall, oftentimes it's it's not a very nice place to look at. You know, we are that same pond, right? Our body is a living organism. We are an ecosystem. And if we do not pump the fluids throughout our system, we will die.
0: Dude, that's a great analogy. I give you a digital air five for that one. Woo! <laughs> No, (laughs) seriously, dude, that's great. I mean, I'm picturing like a really disgusting green clogged up pond and like the fish can't even get to the surface to get air if they need to. And I mean, that's great. So I'll tell you, you know, kind of like an actionable story, I guess. This actually happened yesterday, you know, so I moved into this new house and I'm currently at this little... Foldable like poker table chair set that my grandparents gave me because I don't have my new dining room equipment set up. I don't have my standing desk set up. You know, I was trying to ask about yours and, and see what you have so I can get some inspiration because there's a lot of ridiculously overpriced systems out there and I will not pay, you know, twelve fifteen hundred 1500 bucks because you don't need to. So, anyway, uh, so yesterday I was sitting and doing a lot of research, sitting more than I should. Uh, I did take some time to go out and get some sunshine. I sat out in my zero gravity chair for a little bit. That was pretty fun. And But I just found myself in a funk, man. Like, it was just a really grumpy mood. And I went to Home Depot with my wife. We were looking to get a couple poles because we got a, uh, a bluebird house. You know, the eastern bluebird, they're according to wikipedia their least concern i had this impression that they were like super endangered and they were almost extinct and i love bird watching and stuff so anyway we bought this birdhouse and it says do not hang it on a tree because the raccoons are going to eat it so i'm like okay whatever so anyway i was gonna hang this birdhouse up so we went long story short we went to home depot to go get us a little two by four so i could dig a hole and put the two by four in the ground and you know attach the bird feeder to it and hannah my wife she's like she's like what is wrong with you and I was just in this funk, and I'm going to attribute it to me sitting too long yesterday. And I was in this funk, and I almost couldn't even, I almost didn't even want to talk. Like, I was so grumpy. I'm just like, ah, I'm fine, you know, just just brushing it off. I almost didn't want to face what was wrong. And so we picked up the tools, and I bought a new shovel and rake and all that stuff. So I was super happy to get back outside. And we came back home, and I, I mean, we had... A foot of snow, you know, less than a week ago, so the ground is just completely muddy. And I went out there with the shovel and I started digging this hole. I wanted to dig about two feet, and it's pond. It's a pond in my backyard of mud, literally. And so at first, I'm kind of like, man, it's cold out here. I just, I really don't feel like getting that dirty. You know, I wanted to go to bed, just kind of being a general sissy. And and I'm just like, man, this is ridiculous. This is what I need. And so I just took off my I had flip flops on. I mean, you can't dig a hole that well with flip flops. So I took my flip flops off, and I just—I was covered in mud, man. I rolled up my my uh, pant legs, and I just started going to town digging this hole. And I was splashing mud on my face. It was on my eyes and everything. And like halfway through digging this hole, I just—I felt my like I was starting to get like a tension headache. I literally just felt my stress level disappear. And I was starting to feel happy and the bird sounds started to get louder and it was sunset. So I was looking at the sunset and I just, I felt reborn, man. And so by the time that I had the two foot hole dug and I put the two by four in and threw the gravel and blah, 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 and attached to the birdhouse, I came inside and I was like a new man and I was like, babe, I don't know how... Magical, you would expect digging a hole to be, but you know I'm completely reborn, my mood is completely flipped around so I don't know there's there's my testimonial for what you're speaking about just getting some movement done
1: sure, absolutely you know before we were talking about you know my desk my my standing desk here, which is <laughs> super simple it's just I, I put a couple little you know like IkeA desk on top of it on top of the normal desk, and you know you literally you can look at that almost like the you know the, the neofrontal cortex of your brain it's essentially like bootstrapped onto the the movement brain you know so our body is dependent upon that movement to have cognitive function right you know so when you are sitting down like have you ever had a phone conversation important phone conversation and like laid down to have it no right no chance Right, you're all over the room. You're, I mean, maybe I'm just talking about myself, you know. But I'm all over the room. I'm I'm outside, I'm inside, you know, I'm like, I'm trying to get some sun. You know, I'm trying to activate my system. Right. And what we're doing is we're moving our body. If you look, it's kind of like it's kind of like your brain on drugs. You look at your brain on movement versus your brain off movement, it's a completely different picture. Your brain on movement's lit up like a Christmas tree. Right, you know, and so when you are sitting there for X amount of hours, you are making an extreme sacrifice to the development of your evolution. Right, and so we need to start recognizing that. That's why, like standing desks, they're good. They're not the answer. You know, standing desks, standing is, is just simply another range of motion. Right, it's a more effective range of motion because we have to stabilize and move ourselves around, and you can we, we can kind of bring our, our foot up or whatever it is. But it's not the end all. You know, but what's what we do see is that by standing, you end up burning like close to a hundred thousand more calories a year. You know, so if you were standing all day for your you know eight, nine hour job or whatever versus sitting, it's going to have a massive impact on the overall me- metabolism of your whole system. But that being said, it's not enough. You know, we standing is one range of motion, sitting is one range of motion, and we need to express beyond that if we want to. Be able to operate at our fullest, most highest capacity. You know, when you see really high level athletes, when you see people, you know, really great dancers or whatever it is, what do they look like when they finish their competition? They're glowing, right? They look, you know, when you have a conversation with them. Are they staring off into space? Are they you know, cognitive, cognitively not really present? Or are they completely grounded, completely present, 100% there with you? The answer is they're completely there with you, likely, you know, unless you know, something else is going on. You know? And reason being is they've spent the last X amount of time activating and integrating their mind and their body or their brain and their body. What, you know, what is the mind? It's kind of an interesting question. But you know, so they spend that time integrating those systems. And then when they go to speak to you, You know, they're speaking to you with their whole entire self. You know, so one of the things that I always say to clients or people in general is you're not having a conversation until you're having a conversation with your feet. You know, you're not really talking to me yet until you're talking to me with your toes. You know, if you don't express yourself, look at a baby, for example, when you see a newborn baby come out or even just, you know, before they hit school and they start getting sterilized by sitting in these crummy desks and uh, reading these crummy books and just, you know, all this stuff that starts to dumb them down in a sense. I don't want to, you know, hate on school too much, but there's certain aspects of it that need to change, Um, you know, but before that happens... You look at them, the way that they express, the way that they move, they talk to you with their toe the same way they do with your tongue. And you can see me in video right now. I'm expressing myself. My foot's up in the camera right now because I'm I'm being ridiculous. But it, it's such a crucial thing to express yourself with your whole entire system or you will lose it. Does that make sense?
0: Oh, dude, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I mean, and that's kind of the same thing that psychedelics do too, though, is you know, oh, I've talked sure. with uh, when I had... It was a guy from uh, the Spirit Molecule on the show. Uh I can't remember his name now. He was a a medical doctor talking about the future of depression treatment being psychedelics. Anyway, I'm I'm getting a little bit off track, but basically (laughs) you get sort of reverted back into a child where everything's new. Life is you're taking everything in with a new lens all of a sudden, and so you feel sort of the physical locks that you've put on yourself or the mental locks, like you said, where schools condition you to, I mean, not even use body language. I mean, even like my my little brother, for example, you know, he's, let's see, he's 17. He'll be 18. He's graduating high school in June. Even that younger generation, they're already so much different than you and I, you may be a little bit older. You have a little bit more facial hair than me, so (laughs) you may be a little bit older, but, you know, even just one generation below, there's already, I mean, the, you know, the technology started really, you know, kicking into full gear. You know, you and I were probably one of the last generations to fully play outside and get locked out of the front door and drink from the water hose and stuff like that. So uh, I've already seen sort of the I don't know what you would call it, man. Just like the degeneration of social skills. And I really think what you're alluding to is sort of like reintegrating, starting to move more, being fully expressive. I mean, these are all like great tangents that we could go off into, you know, whatever you want.
1: I'd love to chat. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of like right taking notes as you go because there's all sorts of potential tangents that I'd love to chat about. But one of the things is uh, you know, Frank Ferencich, he's a really rad guy. He wrote, wrote several several books, one of which Exuberant Animal is a really great book. Um he's been on my show before and we we chatted about this stuff extensively. Um, but one of the things that he talks about in his in his book is social nourishment. You know, when you look at somebody, you know, really really have a connection with people you know everyone is a reflection of yourself you know and so if you always have your head down and you never want to make contact with other people very likely you're disintegrating from yourself in my experience you know that's a very experiential type thing but what i can what i can say from my own experience and from you know chatting with other people as well you know for example, before I got on this interview with you, you know, I went out, I went out to town, you know, and I went and I, I made a genuine effort to connect with people. And what that does is it starts lighting me up. It's start, you know, creating connection. Everything that we do, it's practice, you know, so if we are practicing separation from others we are practicing that. We are instilling that into our system, right? You know, so the, we are so dependent upon that interaction, you know, and we can kind of, it's like everything is a fractal, right? You know, you come and you say like, oh, the human organism is, is, is comparable to that of a pond. Well, that pond is dependent upon all of those interactions of those organisms in that system. Well, people are dependent upon all of these other organisms in order to thrive. Right. So just because we have this skin separation doesn't mean that we're separated and you hit it with the seven to eight feet, you know, energetic boundaries going around that some people have different ones, you know, shorter or lesser. That's not really totally my field. But, um, you know, it's like we need to start looking at ourselves as an integrative, cohesive unit, you know, and that is the only way to strength. You know, and you can look at this from a business standpoint, right? Networking is the only way to success. If you lock yourself up in your basement and, you, you know, you do all this great, amazing stuff, but you never talked to anybody, good luck. You know, eventually you're going to burn out and then you're ne- your work's never going to leave the ground. Right? So I'm kind of tangenting over all around. But all this stuff is metaphoric for everything. You know, the, the exercise and fitness and cognitive health and all that is absolutely metaphoric. You could, you could derive a metaphor for every aspect of life with that because it's all the same. Does that kind of make sense?
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm kind of uh, daydreaming thinking and picturing all of these different scenarios where, you know, being social has really helped me. I oh, mean, yeah, man. I would not be where I am today. My podcast would have not been successful. I mean, of course, you're you're interviewing people, but that's to me that's still not enough. I mean, when I'm not on the show and people don't people don't know that, and you know what I mean the same for your podcast. When I'm not on the show, I'm out trying to do other things to enjoy life because if I'm not staying if I'm not staying true to myself, if I'm not staying outdoors, if I'm not I guess like recharging myself. I'm not going to be inspired and I'm going to give up and burn out myself. And I see that so much. I mean, there's more than one podcast guest that has talked about their stress and their burnout. And I mean, it's not easy being behind a screen. I mean, at some point we are desk jockeys, you know? So I guess where I'm kind of going with this is that no matter what you do in life, there are certain unwritten laws that you should probably follow to make sure that you're going to stay passionate to get through life. You can become stagnant very quickly if you work from home, if you work at a desk, you can hit some of the deepest dark holes of being a human and it gets harder and harder to pull yourself out the longer you're deprived from things like you mentioned, going out into town being social, uh, playing drums—I re- I really enjoy playing drums. For example, so I don't know if you have any other little actionable steps, you know. Before we oh get yeah, on. Man.
1: I got I, this is all I do is actionable steps. You know, so but one of the one of the things that I'd like to touch on before getting into that is recognizing that our posture, the way that we carry ourselves, is a representation of how we feel at a deeper emotional level. You know, and this is this is not woo. This is science. There's been there's been studies done with this where they 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 measured. Uh, folks, testosterone and cortisol levels, right? So cortisol being stress hormone, everybody knows what testosterone is, right? And so they, they measured these levels of people from various different structural positions, right? So they put people in the, you know, like the hero position, right? Like hands up, chin up, you know, open up your throat, open up your organs, open up your genitals, like I'm safe, right? I, I won. There's nobody around here to threaten me so I can expose myself, Right? When you're in that position, your body, is, your body ends up increasing testosterone. Imagine that. You're powerful. You're strong. You won. Testosterone goes up. Cortisol levels decrease because you have nothing to be stressed about. Right. So these are integrated patterns that have been and then the opposite happened with with going into the coward over position. Right. Shoulders rolled forward, head uh, hunched forward, you know, collapsing forward over your spine, that hyper kyphotic position. You know, you you end up kind of going into this loser position. Right. You can I can almost tell whether someone is successful in their life and whatever that means. It's, you know, to each his own. But whether someone's successful in their life or not, dependent upon the way that they the way that they speak to me. You know, the way that they stand up, you know, it's like it's easy to make money, you know, but if you're not totally satisfied with yourself, it will reflect in your structure and money will come a lot easier as well if you're able to actually show up from that strong, stable I've got this position, you know, and something that we need to recognize is that these integrated patterns that have, you know, come upon us over the years, over, you know, millions or thousands of years of evolution, now we are replicating the defeated position with our desks. So we're sitting down, we're sitting in the backside of our ischial tuberosities, our sit bones, the bony things coming out your butt. We're sitting on the backside of those guys. We're collapsing, putting stress in our organs. We're collapsing, putting stress in our heart. We're folding our shoulders forward, you know, we're there sitting at the edge of this precipice of your, it's called your glenohumeral fossa, the, the, the socket, you know, essentially for your shoulder joint, that's just waiting to blow out. Right. And then you're jutting your head forward, increasing all the leverage on your neck. Then of course your back needs is wigging out because it needs to hold on to your head. Right? So we are setting ourselves up with these dysfunctional patterns. And then we stand up from that. You say, Oh man, I don't feel so good. What is it? I probably need a Red Bull. Mm -hmm. False right? You know, we, we need to start looking, recognizing that what we are doing to our bodies is impacting our minds. And what that does is it creates a positive and or negative feedback loop. You know, so we need to start taking control of this feedback loop, recognize that everything that we are doing is impacting the way that we feel and the way that people perceive us. And if we are sitting down, hunching forward, it's completely unacceptable. You know, and it's, it's, it's devolving the species is what's happening. I think there's a direct link between the evolution of our minds and the evolution of our physical body. And what we're doing here is our machines, they're starting to, you know, it's like the singularity is coming. You know, we're starting to develop these machines, which is taking away from our own body's ability to perform. You know, and so there's going to come a time where the people that stayed true to the roots, you know, and they, they kept on shoveling dirt and they kept on, you know, moving their bodies. You know, there's going to be, a, I, I think, a large disparity between the healthy folks of the world and the people that are completely degenerated.
0: Yeah, they're going to be organic farmers. Those are going to be the healthy people. Right. <laughs> I mean, literally. That's, I mean, that's that's a goal for me. I mean, I told, you know, I told Hannah last night, I said, babe, we we absolutely, you know, it's not even a question that we have to get a garden going here in the next month. I mean, because just me shoveling that dirt for I don't know thirty minutes, I felt so much better. So, I think that's a, a great thing. And man, I'm picturing all the people and you. You see that little like evolution meme on social media where you know it shows humans de-evolving, and then you see the little like crippled guy bent over on the computer. That's definitely not a power pose, man. And um, no. on, on that same note, I saw it. I guess it was probably like a tangential or related study. To that same, you know, testosterone cortisol thing, where people were all crossing their legs and crossing their arms and whatever, and it was showing pictures of blind people compared to people that could see. And blind people, when they do, uh, I don't know if they do blind Olympics. I guess I should probably figure it out. But uh, (laughs) when blind people win or succeed, they do the same exact thing. Yeah, they do the same power pose. So I mean, you're talking about it being built into the body. It really is because. They've never had the opportunity to see another person. I mean, I guess we're talking about people that were, you know, blind from birth. They never needed to get that programmed into the mind that when you succeed or when you're feeling great, that you need to put your arms up and you need to spread your chest open and stand tall. So, I mean… You know, you're talking about how long we may have been succeeding. It's almost like we need to get back to the code. That's sort of the genetic code of physical performance. And you can fake it. And for me, I'm not going to be speaking this year at Paleo FX. But uh, last year when I spoke there, I was like experimenting a bunch of different things. I mean, the room was packed, man. Like I was like, oh, man, you know, it definitely tests test your nerves when you're under pressure like that. And I did a few different things. I was, like, drinking some adaptogens and stuff, but I also, like, put my hands on my hips and tried to open my chest up and, like, stand powerfully. And my pre-speech stress went from probably, like, a 6 or a 7 to maybe, like, a 2 or a 3. I mean, I felt my heart sort of slow down and calm down. I felt my nervous system kind of relax. And, I mean, that's a testimonial for me that if you're going to go in a situation like that try the power poses yeah
1: absolutely man you know and another thing is i, I don't want to just be like fire and brimstone i try to i try to stay as, as you know optimistic as i can with everything you know and there is we absolutely we're not screwed you know we're we are totally good to go here you know but what happens is all of this there's a really great book called the compound effect and uh, i forget the guy the author's name right now but you know the compound effect is every momentary decision that we make it is compounding it is adding up when you take a stroke of a golf club you know the ball goes fairly straight for a while and then it will take a dramatic turn right? You know, that dramatic turn is your arthritis. That dramatic turn is your diabetes. That dramatic turn is fill in the blank, right? You know, and so we can, we, our bodies are such robust healing machines, man. It's incredible, right? We are constantly seeking homeostasis in these systems. We just need a little bit of positive feedback to push us in the right direction. You no, know, so you asked about actionable, you know, actionable advice that people can use. Get a standing desk. Firstly, standing desk is you know it, it, it makes significantly more sense than than sitting down all day for sure. If you do need to sit down, I have videos, so that's the easiest way. I mean, it's, it's the easiest way is just to, to, to watch the videos. But f- w- what I tell people is. Those bones on the bottom of your butt, those ischial tuberosities or the sit bones people call them, you want to treat them as like your feet, right? So you want to, when you're standing up, you want to find a stack through your whole entire body into your feet. You want to be balanced for all the way through your feet. When you're sitting down, you want to be stacked on those sit bones. And you want to find, I always tell people, if you can imagine finding 50 pounds of weight, maybe you can grab some weight and put that on your head and you should feel that weight be evenly distributed throughout your whole entire body. And what you're, what you're looking to achieve with that is giving your body a break essentially right so when you are you know continually off balance which we're off balance all day but when you're like really off balance then your body it needs to work in order to maintain your existence right you know so hence parasympathetic and sympathetic nervous system response right if you're in that sympathetic fight flight state It's going to be really, really tough for you to get out of that if your body is struggling to stand up. Right. You know, so we need to start giving, just giving our body just a little bit of a push, you know, just to give it that little bit of positive feedback, you know, all and once you get that, okay, cool, I'm finding a stack through my whole entire body. You know, this relates into all sorts of stuff that I'm not going to talk about because it's not my specialty, but, you know, but like energetic medicine and chakras and meridians and all that, it's all the same stuff you know it's like you look at different religions or whatever it's like we're all going to the same top of the mountain right so when you go see an acupuncturist they're going to say oh you're you know your whatever meridian is is clogged up or you're see a myofascial release person they'll say oh wow you're really gunked up around the anterior portion of your your whatever you know and it's the, what they what they're saying is that they're speaking different languages but they're saying the same thing you know and so what we need to do is just the basis of all of this is integration Right, so that integration is viewing your body almost like a like a tent. Right, if you, when you're setting your tent up, you want to have equal distribution of pressure through all of the different guy wires or all of the different poles or whatever you have. Same concept in your body. If you are leaning your head forward, like so many people are doing, that is exponentially increasing the weight of your head. Right. So then your body uh, immediately is stressed out holding your head up all day. So that's something that you need to address ASAP, right? Because it will only get worse. You know, every moment of every day, we are practicing. As I'm talking to you right now, I am practicing my movement. I am practicing my, my vocals, which is another expression of movement, right? So every second, every moment is an opportunity to get better. Every second, every moment is an opportunity to get stronger, to get smarter, to, get, to, get, to, to evolve yourself, unless you look at it as just being, well, it's just another day. You know, I'll die soon. You know, and that is where 90%, of, maybe not 90%, I don't know the percentage on this, but a high percentage of people, depending upon the place that you're at, especially, they end up kind of being in this just like, well, I'll die soon. You know, you look at them, it's like, what are you excited about? They don't know. What are you passionate about? I'm not sure. You know, what would you do if money didn't matter? Hmm, right? You should have those answers at the tip of your tongue. Right? You know, and then I said I'm diverging a little bit away from, from the, the, the structural actionable things that you can do. But structural actionable do squats, find a stack through your whole entire body, and you know, I, check out my videos. <laughs> It be honestly because it's really hard for me to, to express like all these different things that you can do with your body but you know doing things like squats you know every 20 minutes get down do a few squats right you know make sure that you're finding that stack through your whole entire body make sure that you're walking on a regular basis make sure that you're intentionally walking make sure that you're intentionally running everything that you should do should be with intention.
0: That's deep stuff. Oh, definitely, man. Yeah, and I love that you just kind of freestyled it there because that's kind of where the gold comes out always. And, yeah, I mean, the last thing you said is probably, you know, one of the most profound is you have to add intention to something. There's several times, more than several times, where I've gone to the gym and I just go through the motions. I I love dumbbells. I love lifting free weights. So uh, sometimes I'll grab the dumbbells, and if I don't have intention – ready for that workout, you know, I like to start out and warm up with like 50 pound dumbbells, you know, for for flat, uh, flat bench chest press. So I'll just warm up with 50s. I'll put those on my knees. And I immediately feel like, oh, man, the weight's heavy today, you know. And (laughs) I think part of it's probably because I'm not ready for it. I don't have the intention. I want to grow. I want to get stronger. I want to build up my body. I want to encourage bone growth. I mean, whatever it is, if I'm just doing it because I feel like I have to, because I look at my calendar and I see I haven't worked out in a few days, it sucks. The workout sucks. But if I yeah. go in there and I'm like, you know what, man, summer's coming up, and this is what women do, particularly, and all the um, the money schemes out there, all the like beach body stuff. It's like soon as spring comes around, it's like summer's coming, and then everybody's <laughs> like, oh my god, now it's time to work out. But if you can find a way, for me, honestly, I just I just do it. I don't know. I haven't really found out a way to just tell you. You just kind of do it. But if you can just not have to wait around for action, like you don't have to wait until you hit a certain age, you don't have to wait until you hit a certain pound or you don't have to wait until April and now you know, you know, especially in the, I know people in Australia listening, it's summer, it's backwards, whatever, the hemispheres. Anyway, don't wait around until the last minute. Now you want to take action. Find something that you can do to apply intention to your workout then And then, you know, you you won't have so much guilt. I mean, I've had guilt where I'm like, oh, man, I waited till April. Now I want to get big for summer or whatever it is, something stupid like that. Now I want to get big for summer. Well, it's too late because you can't get that big unless you're taking steroids. You can't get that big in eight weeks, you know. So um, I don't know where we're going with this, but we probably should talk about roughing a little bit. But go ahead and finish your thought here.
1: Yeah. Um, I just want to say, just because you're, you're mentioning weightlifting and, and you know, taking other aspects of your life and turning them into, you know, functional movement practices, you kind of said that. I, I was thinking that as you're, as you're, as you're talking, you know, but for one thing, people need to lift heavy weights. You know, we, we, that's, it's ingrained in our bodies to pick heavy stuff up. You know, we have this really, it's like our body will only grow to the degree that we ask of it. Right. You know, and so if you are always afraid of picking up a hundred pounds, that's fine. You'll just never be able to pick up 100 pounds. So when that day comes, that you know a car fell on your baby or whatever it is that you got to do, you'll be paralyzed, right? You know. So our body, and then there's there's all sorts of you know just neurotropic and you know irisin and all these different um, hormones and such that get developed. Which that's your stuff. I'm gonna let you talk about that. But you know our our brains develop based off of this movement. And you know, so one of the things that I'll do is firstly I won't. Do any movement that is not a compound movement? There's certain there's certain specific movements that I'll do to strengthen. They do some like rehab of specifically like posterior shoulder. That's a place that a lot of people are pretty weak, um, and rhomboids and mid traps and kind of those places in your back pulling all that tissue back. But almost everything that I do or that I suggest for people to do, it's all compound movements, right? You know, so compound movements meaning it's spanning multiple joints. It's relate. It's integrating the whole entire system. You know, so something like bench. Press. Bench press is fine, um, but I think what would make more sense is to do kind of like dynamic fun push-ups. You know, m- everything that you can do in the gym, you're able to use do with calisthenics. The only thing that we're missing with calisthenics is legs, because legs are so freaking strong. You know, so you can do plyometrics and jump up really high and stuff like that, and that's that's really good. But it's not going to teach you how to pick the car up off your baby, you know, and so. That's the one thing that I would say. If you if you are going to the gym, make sure you're doing deadlifts. Make sure you're doing squats. If you have the structure for it, be doing overhead squats. Get into Olympic lifting. Get into gymnastic rings for uh, for working with the upper body. I don't think there's anything pound for pound that that can that could compete with gymnastic rings, um, you know. And it's and it's just about making sure that you're getting that expressive, dynamic all over the place movement. You know, when I go to the gym, people think, they used to think I'm insane. Now they're really excited about the class that I'm doing next month. You know, because they're like, you know, when I first came in, it's like that guy's either, you know, something's wrong with them. Or like people thought I was gay. I'm like, I don't know how that relates to being a homosexual, but whatever, you know, but they they thought that there was something wrong with me because I wasn't using machines, you know, and I was, instead of getting in and putting myself into this like linear A to B motion, instead I was using that machine to do a handstand or some, or like kind of like break dance around it or something that was dynamic, you know, so recognizing that if we train linearly, we will become machines. We are not meant to become machines. We are fluid, dynamic, expressive beings. You know, so when we go to the gym, literally, it's like we're bastardizing ourselves oftentimes. You know, we're taking away from that that genuine potential of power that we can create and turning into Lego blocks, right? And that's not... Um, that's not okay. <laughs>
0: yeah, definitely. And I mean that's why I like to climb trees. I didn't Yeah. I, I didn't do that for exercise reasons. I just love doing it as a kid, but you know, I had to get it there was like a plastic bag that was near the top of this tree in my front yard. I don't know how it got up there. But anyway, but I climbed that tree and it and it's so fun and it's so engaging. I'm not saying go climb trees and fetch plastic bags, but if you want to climb a tree, go for it. And sometimes I'll use branches as pull-ups and I still do like some of the strict lifts and things like that, but I do try to mix in some of the natural, the natural movement. And it's just a, it's a no brainer. But yeah, man, let's talk about rolfing a little bit. What is it? And and why should somebody take an interest in using that? I mean, is that one of your, I'm loading you with questions here. Is that one of your best therapies for people?
1: That's one of the tools in my toolbox. Uh, And technically, I use the term structural integration because it's Rolfing. Rolfing is the the last name of a really fantastic woman named Ida P. Rolf. She innovated this work back in like started in like the like the 40s. And then it really started picking up around like the 70s, 80s. And um, I believe she died in like 87. I think it was. And, you know, so her perspective on things was this approach of integration. Right. And so as opposed to looking at it from, you know, maybe like a a really site specific approach, like oftentimes you'll get that if you go see a PT or whatever it is, it's like, oh, it's my rotator cuff. So they'll give you some like medial rotation and lateral rotation or PNF stretches or whatever you need. So instead of looking at it from that perspective of more acute relationships it was looking at more at the at the relationships of the body you know and so what it what it ended up being it was working with connective tissue or fascia fascia is becoming like a buzzword um and so that fascia is the connective tissue that's wrapping every muscle you know it's we have the superficial fascia that's essentially like a wetsuit wrapping our whole entire body it's the most sensory uh it's most sensitive tissue that we have in our whole entire body you know we used to think that The retina of the eye was the most sensitive, but the the, the connective tissue actually has more sensory receptors than that of the retina of the eye, right? So we are constantly, all the time, taking in information from everywhere and you you know you relate food as information right information is coming from all angles you know so as, as a breeze comes through my window my connective tissue is sending these stimuluses into my mind is what's happening what can happen is if your fascia this connective tissue starts getting stuck or adhesed or agglomerated in various different compromised dysfunctional positions it ends up impacting the way that you can function as a whole you know and so she was one of the first people that really started looking at the body from this connective tissue perspective as opposed to really site specific work you know it's like oh i have this trigger point or oh, i have this you know whatever my knee hurts so let's rub the knee and let's like rehab and do some rehab for the knee she was looking at it more how is the foot and the hip relate to that relationship of the knee and how does the knee relate up through the spine up to the head and so that's that's in a nutshell kind of like what that approach is and uh yeah that's what i got for all thing
0: that's cool so i mean what do you do if if somebody comes in or i mean even for me if i come in there i don't really have any specific issues i just want to be upgraded what would you do or what what are your recommendations
1: uh so first i come in we talk uh, so we'll you know we'll sit we'll sit down and I'll, I'll like kind of like I mentioned at the beginning I'll listen you know and so kind of see you know what are your goals what's the reason that you came here usually if you're coming to see a person that does something like structural integration or something you know somebody that does kind of like alternative work like that you've probably already been through the ringer you know and so I usually see people that feel like they don't have any other resort <laughs> you know they're like I've been having this pain for the last twenty five years people just keep on telling me to like hot, cold compression and nothing is working, you know? So I get to see those people, which is fascinating. You know, so usually we end up talking at first, you know, and seeing what's, what we can do from there. I'll watch you walk. I'll see, you know, kind of do like a gait analysis and kind of see how are your feet contacting the ground? How's the, the mobility through your hips? Um, you know, through your spine, through your head, what is that, you know, every step that we take, it should almost be like a whip snapping, Right. You know, or like you look at like a fish swimming through the ocean and there's that beautiful undulation through their whole entire body. That is the fluid body expressing the way that it should. Right. You know, so oftentimes what we end up doing is we end up sitting down too much or, you know, working at a factory or doing the same motion over and over again. And that becomes hardwired into our body. So what I do is I look at people and I ask them to do squats, I ask them to sit down, I ask them to stand up. Um, If they are doing an activity, I'll ask them to do that activity so I can watch and see if it's biomechanically effective, the way that they're moving. And then from there, um, we'll kind of determine whether they need more movement work where I'll do movement re-education um, or hands-on body work where I'll be doing anything from you know working fascially, working with connective tissue with my hands or my elbows or my feet. I'll stand on people and walk on people and have them move their bodies. So they're actually activating their neuromuscular system and then from there teach them what they can do to continue this and that's how that's what you know my my products came from and that's what my my courses came from and all of that was kind of like the evolution of me recognizing that I can help this one person or I could help these millions of people you know and what I'm doing with helping this one person is I'm giving them actionable tools that they're able to utilize in order to release their own connective tissue or activate their own connective tissue and then maintain integration after that so that's kind of in a nutshell what a session looks like with people.
0: That's cool. That sounds real fun, man. I don't even know what you would consider what you do specifically. I mean, it's kind of like its own little unique name you could come up with, but
1: the um, Align yeah. Method—it's a trademark name. That's what I do.
0: Oh, did you trademark it?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I do the uh, Align Method. <laughs> that's that's cool.
0: That's yeah. sweet. So you know, you've you've created your own thing. So that's I guess that's what I need to do. Then I need to you know trademark my own thing now. But but yeah, you make a really good point, man. That at some level you have to tie all the pieces together and that's the su- that's like the summary of every podcast ever so far is everything's connected and you have to just take these little baby steps that you're talking about i'm already thinking about my posture and how i need to stand tall once i get off here with you you know so everybody's got to just find a starting place pick a baby step you know hopefully something resonated with these people where they're kind of overanalyzing themselves now that may be a good time to do that uh at your desk and don't poke your head forward you're not a turtle if you were a turtle you'd have a shell so well, cool, yeah man. i
1: couldn't i couldn't agree more man
0: yeah well we got we got just a couple minutes left but tell people where they can keep up with you and then if you had any last words of wisdom or action for people
1: yeah, sure. Um, so folks can find me at aligntherapy.com. And um, from there, you have all my, my, my Twitter and my Facebook and all that stuff. Um, and as well, that'll link to my YouTube. The YouTube channel has hundreds of videos all in relation to what I, what I call a functional dynamic movement or dynamic functional movement. You know, so going beyond the baseline is can you move functionally? Right. So functional movement is, can you squat? Can you sit? Can you stand? Can you twist? Can you turn? You know, are you able to pick up your baby off the ground in a way that's going to actually make you better? You know, everything that we do, like I kinda like I I mentioned before, everything that we do should perpetuate wellness. If at any point throughout the day you are you're slipping up, you know, and you're you're folding over as you're picking something up, or you're collapsing your knee in as you're picking something up, or you're collapsing your arch or you're jutting your head out for whatever it is, it is degenerating your system. You know, and the opposite of that is that integration, you know? And so I start off with people figuring out baseline. Can you functionally pick something up off the ground? You know, so I always joke, I say, I changed the name of deadlifting because that throws people off, especially if I see like yogis or something like that. I say like, you know what? You're too freaking flexible. You need to do some deadlifts like right now. And they'd be like, oh, like, you know, devil, I'm not, I'm not doing it, man. You know, I'm like, okay, well, what if we change the name to, you need to pick stuff up? And I'm like, oh, that's fine. Well, that's what a deadlift is, right? When you're when you're leaning over, the same guy that's picking a thousand pounds up off the ground, that's the exact same way you should pick a paperclip off the ground, you know. And that's the thing is teaching people that functional baseline of movement. From there, the sky's the limit. You know, once we activate our glutes, which is something we should probably just do like another conversation sometime because there's so much to talk about, sure. but activating your glutes, there's a thing called, called gluteal amnesia. Essentially, it's like your you know, your butt forgot to turn on. This happens for all sorts of reasons that I'm not going to get into, um, but, you know, getting that functional foundation first and then from there, the next question is, great, cool, you have a functional foundation. Now, can you dance? Right? Can you play with it? Can you express with it? Can you be what a human was supposed to be, which is a passionate, expressive creature? Right? You know, and so from there, it's like, all right, can you move dynamically? Are you able to do cartwheels? Are you able to do fun stuff? Can you squat and twist as you're doing it at the same time? Right? Are you able to take all of these functional movement patterns and relate them into picking up your child, grabbing that heavy you know, gallon of bleach out of the top um, cupboard in your house or you know, whatever it is that you want to do? And uh, so that's kind of like the path that I, that I walk with people is starting off from ground zero, functional layer first, then dynamic functional layer, then freestyle self-expression.
0: That's great. Yeah, it's amazing that we've created things like chairs to degenerate us so that you could make a career out of helping people turn back into the way they should have been in the first place. Yeah, I I couldn't do it without it. It's great. (laughs) So you're you're grateful for chairs then because people keep messing themselves up and you fix them.
1: I'm not, man. It's, if it weren't if it weren't chairs, I'd be working with something else. You know, it's That's it's, true, it's I. You know, my my whole my whole like prophecy is to is to banish the chair. You know, I think that. And the thing is, the chair is, the chair is not even a problem. The chair is not that big of a deal. It's stagnation. It's lack of movement. Yeah. You know, it's if you take a person that spent the last you know two hours like dancing and moving and doing flips and turns and you know all that and sit them in a chair, it's not a big deal right it's the person that day in day out they spend you know uh, they spend 8 hours sitting down in the chair crushing their precious their their precious gluteal tissue you know disengaging their whole backside throwing that whole entire tensegrity system in your body completely off And then, you know, they're watching YouTube videos of guys like busting backflips off of, you know, off of some mountain somewhere and they want to go out and do the same thing and then they, you know, throw their back out or whatever it is. You know, it's like we need to treat ourselves like athletes. We need to take this seriously. Everyone is an athlete, right? You know, it's like it doesn't matter what you do. Everyone runs. Everyone's an athlete. Everyone should be able to use their body to the the highest degree possible. And anything else I think is, uh, I think it's a waste.
0: Yep. I hear you, man. Well, you got so much to talk about that uh, we'll have to do it again. So thanks for dropping some, some functional movement bombs on us. and uh, <laughs> It's been real fun, man.
1: Cool, man. I love it. I, I look forward to, uh, to listen to your show more, man. It's awesome.
0: Well, thank you, man. And we'll send people back to your website. It's aligntherapy.com. Is that right? Or alignmethod.com.
1: No, no, so aligntherapy.com is a website, and then I should mention as well, I also have a podcast called Movement Medicine, which is going to be launching this week, and I interview radical people from around the world, um, movement masters and healthcare professionals that are just, they, they've inspired me, and I'm just so honored to get to talk to talk to those people, Evan Brand being one of them, so check that out as well.
0: Sweet, and say that one more time. Movement Medicine. Okay, that's a cool name. Yeah, Sweet. I do all right. Yeah. Well, thanks Aaron. Cool, man. Thank you. I'll see you soon. All right. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed that episode. I know we were full of energy, but hopefully we were full of inspiration and at least a couple actionable steps as well. He's got some really cool videos you could check out on his YouTube channel that I've been watching myself just to try to loosen up my shoulders and increase my flexibility because that's not my strongest suit. I definitely love lifting weights more than I love the, you know, the pre and post Therapy, I guess you could call it, but I really do love my acupressure mat. There's an article on my website, not just paleo.com. If you go to the bottom and you just look in the search bar and you put acupressure, you could read my article about that because it essentially cured my back pain. And I kind of talk about the best ways to use it, when I use it, why I use it. But you know, when I injured my back a few years ago, it was one of the the main pieces of recovery. Obviously, I tried to stay away from the ibuprofens and the gut disrupting, you know, pill, pills that the, I don't even know what he was, a spine doctor, I guess he called himself, that they would like to throw you. They just want to throw you the aspirin and things like that. Um, I was definitely using some natural anti-inflammatories, but the acupressure mat as well. So, check it out, but, you know, this is kind of in line with, with what the whole message of this show was, is that for every action that you take, there needs to be probably an equal reaction so to speak of healing and recovery. So if you're going to go for a hike, you should probably kind of stretch out afterwards, even though a hike is sort of a a moving stretch in itself, but if you're definitely going to be into weightlifting or you're somebody who's lifting weights a lot, I know we got some some power lifters that listen to the show, you know, make sure you take time to recover yourself because you don't want to just slowly slide yourself to an injury and that shoulder that tightens up on you just keeps getting worse and keeps getting worse or that little crick in your back or your neck it could just keep getting worse if you don't maintenance it. And I've done that myself with my front delt, you know, doing some shoulder exercises too much or hitting chest too hard without actually doing some active stretching. So now what I've kind of done is, you know, put my palm against the wall and then you kind of twist away. That really helps open up the the shoulder there, the pec muscle and that front delt. So that's kind of a little fun stretch. I know a lot of this is probably easier to understand on video, so I, I may do that. I have not focused on the YouTube channel at all. You know, there's a a few podcasts that I've put up there and a few videos of some commentary stuff, but I have a feeling that you guys may want to see some videos. Not necessarily video interviews, because, I mean, I I watch those myself, but maybe just some more video content. So I may be working on that as well, but sort of this this new venture here, the healthbloggerpro.com is probably where I'm going to be putting you know at least 50% of my energy because so many people want to know how they can get started, you know, how do you edit a podcast? How do you actually upload and take care of all the behind the scenes stuff? Cuz it it seems really easy. I make it seem easy and a lot of other people seem make it seem easy because a lot of them have 15, 20 people working on their team. So, you know, anything from uploading pictures to social media to taking care of coaching clients and organizing your schedule. I mean, all that stuff is an art that it just takes time. But, you know, I'm going to show you the step-by-step way to do that. So, you can just sign up. Basically, you're just going to put in your email over at healthbloggerpro.com and then you'll get the first 3 steps that you need to get your blog running and then I'm going to be sending some continual updates there and eventually that's going to be a site where you basically have a membership and you'll be able to get access to every single step and every little module necessary to make your own health business if that's what you want to do. All right, so check it out. And I still have a little handful of shirts here ready to ship out the Not Just Paleo organic t shirts. If you visit the website, notjustpaleo.com, you'll see the picture right there. I have it on the homepage. You can go ahead and pick up your shirt, and I'll get it into the mail ASAP. It's super comfy, and it's already a head turner. I've already had a couple of people stop me, like, oh man, Paleo, what? What are you? Cool, man. You know, so it's a fun conversational piece nonetheless, and a great way to spread the message. So, uh, that's it. Write a review for the show on iTunes. That's always helpful. We're still below 200 reviews. I'd love to see that number get closer to 200. So help me out with that there and you know, pay, pay back to the show with your review. Always appreciated. And thanks so much for being a part of this movement. I'll talk to you next week. Okay, bye. He acts like it's a good, yeah, like everything's cool Kiss her, girl, and never please her She doesn't have a clue that he's terrible blues Why I'm in mean the tire, got to watch out, girl Don't wanna see her by her eyes, out, girl Cause I've been watching, you've been hurting Let me be the one that loves you better